0: Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast, where we share stories so we can learn and grow with each other, and where we talk about story tools or life hacks for living your best life story on purpose. Today, I'm talking with Lara Ann Turner, author of Every Single Day. Lara Ann was raised on a small farm in Northern Utah. She has an MBA and worked in the healthcare industry for 12 years in various positions, including her latest job as vice president of operations. While working and building her exterior successes, she realized that on the inside, she wasn't happy. I think we've all been at a place where we can relate to that. Having a desire to have inner peace and happiness, she walked away from her esteemed career and six-figure income and then decided to start listening to her higher power and embark on a 16-month journey to reconnect with her inner self And to become who she was truly meant to be. She sold her beloved house in order to disconnect with old ties. And in her book, Every Single Day, she describes the steps, processes, and experiences that she used to find happiness every single day and to find that purpose, to find her way along that path. Many claim she's a beacon of joy and inspiration, and I totally second that. She absolutely is. She's a courageous individual and an avid navigator of life's trials. She loves encouraging, mentoring, and supporting those who want to work on becoming their best, most authentic selves, and that's why she's written this book. She works as a professional realtor now. She's a master cookie decorator, which I can totally vouch for on both counts. She's an author and an occasional clothing model, but today she's going to share her story and shine a light on her path of transformation so that hopefully it will shine a light on our own path of transformation. are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story Power serves you best when you know how to use it. So, Laura Ann, welcome to the Love Your Story podcast.
1: Hi, Lori. I am so excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited
0: to chat with you. You are most welcome. You are a lovely delight. I think you shall entertain the listeners aptly.
1: (laughs) Well, you're entertaining. And honestly, I am honored to be on your podcast. So really, thank you for inviting me.
0: Just so all of you know, when Laura Ann and I are together, we are both very entertaining. It's going to be a great show. (laughs) We are fun.
1: (laughs) We're very fun. I'm trying to be very professional right now.
0: (laughs) I'm totally ruining it for you. I'm trying
1: to hold it together and you're making (laughs) me want to be crazy. (laughs) Okay,
0: so let's get into your story. Who were you before your transformational journey started? Like, what were your biggest worries and your values and what made you happy? Can you take us to that character?
1: Yeah, I would say before I started my transformation, I was a person constantly seeking happiness, trying to find it in the next career move or adding another degree or some type of certification to what I was becoming. I wanted to have all of this value that I felt like society placed in things, accomplishments, prestige, Which I think we do. And I think it's a great place for us to learn and grow. And I love knowledge and learning. I'm always taking classes and reading. But I was so focused on what everyone else thought about those accomplishments. I was constantly chasing. I couldn't catch up to what I thought or expected other people. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: absolutely. It makes sense. I think we can all relate to that in one way or another. So what kind of things made you happy?
1: It was hard for me to define happy at that point because it was so, I chased it so much. Um, But things that made me happy were when I received praise or acknowledgement. Um, I'd completed a huge project at work and there were times when I thought I should have gotten more accolades than I did. And then I realized that's what I was looking for to make me happy because when they didn't come, I would get into Like a depression, and be like, I worked very hard on that task or something. And then the owners or my superiors would say, Oh, thanks. And I wanted more. So, for me to say I found happiness, probably, I found happiness with friends, you know, and doing things like that. But I can say that I was chasing happiness. And I say that a lot. And I've already said it a lot because I wanted so much validation from everyone else. In whatever sphere it was.
0: Which I think is a great thing to admit and an interesting thing to recognize because you can't really face it head on until you recognize that what it is. And I think that it's a really common thing. We all want to be appreciated and we all want yeah. to be acknowledged. I think it becomes, um, like you say, when it's something that defines your value or defines your, your definition of yourself as whether or not other people approve of you and give you those accolades, then you know that there's a readjustment needed.
1: Right. Because my happiness or my success to me, the way I was defining it, was on other people's reactions to Mm -hmm. what I was doing.
0: So how did you, what was the tipping point that said, hey, I got to figure something else out?
1: I had recognized inside of myself that I had been I want to use the word sad, I wasn't fulfilled in my life. And I had recognized that I had this pattern for months or maybe even years. And some things happened at work where, again, I was putting so much... Um, on the line with what was happening with my job and my career. And there came a point when I had a talk with one of the owners of the company I was working for. And during that conversation that we had, I realized that some of the things I had thought about um, the company I worked for weren't reality. Meaning I was focusing so hard to grow and build and The company and have it be successful in work and do what my bosses were asking me to do. And they didn't really care. And so all of this that I was building was, I didn't care about it as much, but I was wanting them to care and they didn't care. So then all the work and everything I was doing, nobody cared about. Mm. Does that make any sense? And so for that, I was like, at that point, I thought to myself, why am I working so hard at work in this position for what for what you were making good money right I made good money and what did that sure money's the currency of the world we need it because I want to wear clothes (laughs) I want (laughs) to eat candy so we need it but money became so irrelevant because that's all I felt like I was getting
0: Sure. That sounds like it all. It was all you were getting.
1: Yeah. So at that point, I knew. I just knew I had to change. I just got to a point. I woke up one morning and I thought, "This will continue for as long as I allow it to continue. For as long as I allow myself to stay in this situation, this will be my situation."
0: I am loving the responsibility there because all of us can do that. As we are creating our own life stories, every single day, those decisions are within our hands, most of them. And even to change something, if there's something that wasn't in your hands, you have the choices whether to stay present or whether to move or do something different with your own space. So that responsibility and acknowledgement that I can change this if I want. Love that.
1: Well, another interesting thing that I realized too was gaining that sense of responsibility. I wanted to push everything to everyone else, the blame or the responsibility, meaning I actually had felt I should leave where I was working a few years before because it wasn't fulfilling to me, um, like it had been when I started working with the company. But in my mind, I said to myself, I can't leave because what will they do without me? And I've heard So many people that I've met say exact same thing. Well, what will the company do if I don't work there? I have so much value. Or how will I pay my mortgage? How will I... I have health insurance. I have a wonderful retirement plan. So we talk ourselves into staying in a situation that we don't love. Because we feel like we have to stay and we don't have to stay like you just said. We can change that. There's always options and I believe we're afraid to look at options because I did that for years thinking I have to keep my good income. I have to keep all of these things. I have to keep my position. I was a vice president of a multi-million dollar national company. I had to keep that position. I had to keep that income. I had to be able to pay my mortgage and go on fancy trips and do all these things. And ultimately, it's not true.
0: So what kind of fears did you face? Because to get that ball rolling, like what was the first step? You quit the job. I know down the road that you end up selling your house, which is a beloved house to you. Tell us kind of, you know, speed up that story of how did you jump off that diving board into that first, I'm going to quit my job. And
1: and what were you going to do? After you quit, did you know? What was I going to do? I had talked to a friend and she um, had said I could come work with her. She was working with a startup company. My biggest fear is what people would say, what people would think. And it was really hard because I had such a good job and it was a coveted position. You know, A lot of people want to get to that level of experience or level of income and for me to walk away from it. I had a lot of people question me, a lot of people. And it was hard to say, I want to shift in my life because people sometimes don't accept that. They want more concrete, more solid things. You know, well, I'm moving to a better position or it's tight, I want a career change. And I just wanted out. (laughs) But a lot, a lot of people questioned me. So ultimately, my biggest fear was having to explain to other people what I was doing. I knew what I was doing. I knew it was time for me to find true happiness in my life. And at that point, I had no idea what that looked like. I just knew it wasn't what I was doing. Okay, so how
0: brave is that, right? You know you want true happiness. You know you're not feeling it, but you have no idea what the path forward looks like other than, okay, I'm going to get out of this and
1: start walking forward. That is courage. I had no idea. And it was terrifying. And every day every single day, the name of my book, I just opened myself up to being guided by what the universe or my higher power, I believe in God, would guide me to. And that was scary too. And learning to follow that was so scary.
0: How long did it take before you started feeling like you were getting something from your higher power, that you were being led?
1: It was a few months. I struggled after leaving that position. I missed it. I missed going. I missed having a schedule every day, changing my entire mindset to having to report to an office, having people report to me, being a center point of contact again in a company and the title that I had, I went from being involved in all of that to waking up hanging out with my dog, it was very hard to switch that mentality of, I. what's my worth now? Now I have, my phone wasn't ringing all the time. I didn't have to check emails. It was very hard to let go of that and walk away from it all. I was defined by nothing.
0: So how did you reestablish the real self-worth once you started stripping away these other things that had defined your self-worth for you?
1: I started establishing it by, I had some people that came into my life that were very instrumental. And I do believe that because I was opening up my heart to change, I have a deep belief that when we desire to change, then the right things will come into our path. So some people came into my life that helped me start to see how to live more authentically and how to have more inner connection with myself and be able to discern am I doing something for someone else or am I doing it for me and that was a very big catalyst for me being able to see that I have everything I need inside of me as my own person to create and develop my own happiness so what choices did you start making differently I started examining my relationships in my life was a huge thing. And I talk about this in my book, um, the people that we associate with and everything. And I had wonderful, wonderful friends. They're beautiful. And my family, there were some people that I needed to let go of my life. And this is a buzzword in society today, let go of toxic relationships and everything like that. And I don't know that it's that that we need to do, but we need to have boundaries in those relationships or we need to learn our responsibility, along with the other person's responsibility, and be able to help others fulfill what we desire in a relationship. Not necessarily that's it's toxic, but to be able to communicate with them and explain to them how you're feeling and having someone open to understanding that. So relationships... Huge, huge in our life. Um, another thing is, you know, in my book, I talk about, and I got to this place by going through, I actually had a lot of mentors that were helping me at this time. So I had left my job. It was very hard um, to do that, to walk away in the fear of, honestly, how am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to survive? How am I going to eat? And them being led and I do felt like it was a very inspired action to sell my home that I loved. Um, I had remodeled it. It was beautiful. And I moved to a one bedroom apartment. And at that point, everyone started questioning me again. I think they thought I was going through a midlife crisis. They thought I was (laughs) in losing my mind because society is defined a lot of times by where we live what we have, what we're doing, especially with social media and different things like that, it's all comparative. And so a lot of neighbors and friends, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And I just had to keep saying to them, because I know it's what's right for me. And when I kept saying, I know it's what's right for me, it's hard for people to say, well, what does that mean? And I just kept knowing I had to follow the intuition I was receiving. Ultimately, we all have, we call it a gut feeling. Well, what does your gut say? And I think we've gotten away from that a little bit, but I tell friends and people that come to me asking for advice all the time your gut, follow your gut, you know, follow that intuition that we all have inside of us. It will help you. And so intuitively, I knew I needed to sell my home, it was going to be a way for me to. Use that savings. I had money saved to be able to live, to be able to go on this journey to discover myself. And during that time, I spent a lot of time alone. I became my own best friend, which sounds crazy, but I learned to love who I am. Absolutely everything about myself. And it's not me being conceited or. Ego, it's me loving this person that I am, and it makes me emotional. To know that I love myself no matter who she is. I love the trials she's been through. I love how hard she works to love others and be authentic and I worked really hard meaning I'm I just keep I'm just talking and talking <laughs> um but knowing that when I had invitations to go out or something I would turn them down so I could spend time either meditating or journaling or going for walks or really becoming in tune with my mental thoughts. I read a lot of books on intuition and the power of intentions. And one thing I do, because I speak to groups now about writing your story and finding true happiness is the power of our thoughts are the most powerful thing we have. We talk about the speed of light and Dr. Wayne Dwyer talks about this. The speed of light and the speed of sound scientifically are the very fastest things. But ultimately, the speed of thought is faster than that. And when you take your thoughts and you transform them to from negative thoughts or pessimistic thoughts to positive thoughts, how quickly that changes your life.
0: How quickly it changes your life because it changes the way you see things and it changes the energy you create and it changes the people you draw to you and it changes I mean, once that perception shifts and you're coming from a place of gratitude and positivity, it changes like every part because the different people come into your life. But most of all, I think it just changes your perception. It's like putting on a completely different set of glasses and that
1: changes the whole layout. Absolutely. It absolutely does. And I shout this from the rooftops as much as I can. And actually today I was leaving the real estate office I work in and my coworker said to me, where are you going? You're like off. And I'm like, "Ah, I'm so busy. And I actually said this, I said, my life sucks. And he looks at me and he's like, don't say that. And I said, my life does not suck. I just was overwhelmed. And I said, my life is full of amazing opportunities that I get to take part in every day. Instead of saying something like, I'm busy, I'm overwhelmed, switching that just to that small thing, my life is full of amazing opportunities I get to enjoy every day.
0: There's this exercise that we do and you sit across from another person. So this is something that you do in pairs, but you think about all of the things that need to be done that day. And then you take turns sharing it with each other. I, I have to go to work. I have to do the laundry. I have to walk the dog. I have to make dinner. I need to go grocery shopping. And you go through that list and then you redo that list. And you say, I get to, instead of I have to, yes. so I get to go to work. Right. And you go through the whole list yes. and, and it shifts. Like I, I get to walk my dog. I get to go grocery shopping. I I get to pay my utility bill. And then you take it one step further. And instead of I have to or I get to, you say I am blessed to. And it's fascinating how just changing the word, it keeps amping it up. Like you go to the next level, but then you go to a level even higher than that. I am blessed to walk my dog. That's beautiful. And it is beautiful. And it's absolutely true because, you know, at first, when I'm sitting there and I have to walk my dog again, I'm like, oh, got to do that before I go to work. It's something else. But Every time I'm out there, as soon as I get out there, I'm just immensely grateful that my dog is taking me on a walk so that I can meditate as I go around the block and thank God for the blue sky and, you know, whatever is going on and breathe and stop for a minute instead of rushing from work to, you know, from the shower to the doing this to the doing that to the podcast interview to the, it's this slowdown time. And even with paying utilities, right? I am blessed to pay utilities because if they weren't available and I couldn't pay for them, I wouldn't have heat, and I wouldn't have light, right. and I wouldn't have a flushing toilet. You know, I mean, there's right. there's all of these things. I am blessed to go to work. I have a job. I can make money. I can make connections. I can build relationships yes. and friendships and and just that one word, the power of one word.
1: Yes, yes. I love all of that. Look, I'm cheering. Yes, yes, yes. And this <laughs> is the mindset that I came to, um, you know, through meditation, through working with therapists, working with mentors, working with energy workers, working with people that could help me draw on my own inner strength. So I think the most important thing is they magnified that. But of course, I had to get through some barriers. I had some false beliefs that had built up over time. The false belief I explained in the beginning was that my value was only placed in work I could accomplish in the workplace. And that's not true.
0: Would you be vulnerable enough to share three or four of those false beliefs and then share maybe one or two of your big aha moments
1: during your journey? Yeah, Some big false beliefs um, were number one, yeah, that I only had value that I could provide at work. I didn't think outside of that I could have value. I'm a single person. um, And so I don't have a family. And the society I live in, the culture family is very big. And so I felt like a failure that way. So for me, it was that I only provide value through the work that I do. And that's a false belief. I provide value every day in being a human and being here in having love in my heart for people that I see at the grocery store, in being able to spread and being able to open a door for someone that provides value, in being able to smile at someone. A girlfriend of mine today went to get my hair cut and I was walking to the bathroom and I said hi to the person walking out. She said, I knew you were there because you were saying hi to everyone. (laughs) Well, you provide value. Your smile, your
0: energy, just you being there provides tremendous value to the entire world. You are a light. And I can say that about you, but I think every single one of us, everyone listening to this podcast, whether you have embraced that or not yet, every single one of us are a light.
1: You just just, have to let it shine. I just got chills when you said that because it's truth. That's truth. Another thing, I didn't believe in my own creativity. I actually felt like I was kind of a fraud and a fake, meaning I just copied others (laughs) That's the
0: imposter syndrome.
1: That's the stories we tell ourselves. <laughs> Thank you, inner critic. Yes. So I had that was very, very dominant thought inside of myself. And I used to work on that one. At the beginning, you mentioned I make these cookies. I learned to decorate cookies and I do it as a hobby on the side. And still, sometimes I think to myself, it comes out of me and I create it. And then I'm like, I, wh- where did that come from? And I don't believe that I have that creative intuition inside of me, but i then working with a mentor. What she had me do was write down all of these fears on a whiteboard. And I wrote, there were tons, tens, 20, 30. And then she had me start writing the positive of each one of those on the other side. And then we took the negative ones and we erased them all. And I was sobbing through this process. We erased all the negative things I thought about myself. And then the positive ones that were left were beautiful and strong and magnificent. And I thought, I am that person. I am that girl. And that's who I choose to be.
0: I love that. And I love so much that you have taken this journey and that you've that you understand it, that you see it. Oh, oh! I wish that every, every one of us on the planet had already taken this journey. And I hope that those that haven't will keep working toward it because, gosh, you've done the work that you need to do to get all the plaster off so you can shine.
1: One thing I went through too was being able to look into my own eyes and being able to see who I was. And being able to tell myself that I loved myself. And that's a process. I think anyone that may be listening to this podcast thinking like, where can I start? Or how can I start? If you have negative feelings about yourself or you don't know where you want to go or what you want to change, but you know you do, start with yourself. And I encourage my friends to do this. And it's just to simply look in a mirror and say, I love you, Laura Ann, and look yourself in the eyes. And it's interesting to me how many people report back they're not able to do that. That simple thing, I love you, Laura Ann. It would feel awkward. I'm thinking about doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) But it's amazing because what ended up happening to me in one of the moments when I was really, really sad, I was looking in the mirror and I started to see the tears I was going to cry for in my eyes and I thought this is such an interesting process to stand here and watch myself start to cry what would it be like if I stood here and told myself how much I love myself and the transformation is amazing and once you start to do that the love you have inside of yourself I don't need other people to show me love I want other people to show me love and I seek that because it's the ultimate connection of love, but I don't need it. If that makes any sense. Sure. Perfect sense. What I'm yeah.
0: Absolutely. So I know that you are a religious woman and on page 28 in your book, you are talking about connecting with Christ and feeling that he wanted to take away your pain but that you had to let him, to give him permission to lift what you were carrying. And you said, quote, He would allow me to hold it if I felt I needed it to continue to mold and shape my life. It was my choice, my heart, my journey, and my pain, unquote. Tell me about that statement.
1: Oh, that's a deep one. (laughs) You know me in person, and I've gotten emotional here a few times. Um I'm a religious person and I do believe that all things happen on purpose and that includes the hard things that includes disease it includes sadness it includes heartache and they're all for our experience to learn and those experiences we can allow my belief is the savior Jesus Christ to take them from us and he will and I have felt that in my life however Until we learn what we need to learn individually as a person, that experience, we can keep it. We can, it will stay in our lives until we've learned what we need to learn. And I don't know, Gabrielle Bernstein was someone I studied. She's a spiritual leader. She's, um, I don't know, she... She believes in God. I don't know if she has a religion. She talks about this in her book, The Universe Has Your Back. She talks about how a story will keep replaying in your life until you learn the lesson of that story. And I had done that, and I could have chosen to stay at my job. I could have chosen to stay where I was in my beautiful house and receiving my same income. I could have stayed there, and I probably would have kept on with the same life that I had, and I would have lived. But allowing to let go of my fears and all those things allowed me to create and have more. See, this is
0: part of what is so fascinating to me is that so often in our journeys, there are huge blocks of fear, huge threshold guardians that are there to see how badly you want what's on the other side. Except oftentimes we don't even know what's on the other side. Like (laughs) when you think about it, it is actually so complex. Spiritual seeking often seems like you are just constantly walking into the dark, um, hoping to be led, hoping to find greater things, happiness, insight, clarity, um, your calling, you know, whatever it is. And so many of us in in this culture, in this day and age, we have enough affluence. And we've talked about this before, but on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have all those bottom needs taken care of. And so we're into a space of self-actualization. And so we're able to embark on these journeys of what am I about? What am I for? How do I go to this next level, this space of self-actualization? and we are seeking after those things and and you are personifying that and sharing your way of doing this. And I thought that this quote was really interesting because he would allow me to hold it if I needed to continue if I needed it to continue to mold and shape my life. Like there was no um, almost just like he's a partner and he's walking with you. And as soon as you're ready for the next level, the line upon line, precept on precept, then you can let go of what you need to, mm-hmm. but not pushing, but just walking with you. Mm-hmm. But how much of it, I guess what I'm thinking is how much of it we need to instigate, we need to ask for, we need to have the courage to to step into it and to keep moving forward. And gosh, it's just a fascinating unknown that takes strength, which is why there's so much growth in the whole process because it takes faith and it takes courage and it takes
1: not knowing. Nobody knows where they're getting to. It's crazy. Yeah, walking off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah. And I believe we talk so much about potential, like reach your full potential, like reach for the stars, reach for the galaxy. And my belief is our potential Is set. We may not, we're not there yet. As soon as we're ready to go there, we can. We can actually be really anything you want to be. But society spends so much time saying, I can't. I can't be a doctor now. I'm 40 years old. Well, why can't you? Why can't you be a doctor at 40 years old? I can't, oh, I can't do the what's another thing? I can't another simple thing. I already brought up this, I can't quit my job, I need to pay my mortgage. Well yeah, quit your job. I don't know, maybe some maybe you'll win the lottery and then you'll be able to pay your mortgage. We limit ourselves so much, and that's what that quote means is I can hold on to it for as long as I want to. No one's gonna force me to do that in general. I mean, there will be some things that will force you, but we can stay where we are for as long as we choose to, I absolutely believe it is a choice. Absolutely.
0: Now, I'm a little bit scared that all of the listeners are going to go quit their jobs.
1: (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) And search for their higher selves. (laughs) I
1: tell people. Don't hang around me for too long because I will talk you into quitting your job. <laughs> if you're not happy, I know so many people that are happy and that they love what they're doing and obviously they wouldn't. But if someone comes to me and they're having problems, I have people come to me, I, how did you quit your job? How did that work for you? And I'm like, don't if don't talk to me unless you really want to walk away. <laughs>
0: Well, and different things are right for different people and different Absolutely. everybody needs to change something yes. different and this was just your path. I want to read a couple pages of your epilogue from the book yes. because it sums up the things that you learned during this process and it supports everything we talk about here on the podcast. So, I want to pull in that powerful testimony about the stories we tell ourselves. So, here it is. Yes. I left a job I loved, a job I was really good at. I let go of a home that I had created a beautiful life in. I let go of my hard-earned accomplishments to allow myself to be still, to allow myself to be vulnerable to the power of the universe, to the power of my higher power, and to the power of creation. Holding on to what people think your life should look like or what you think your life should look like is a crippling epidemic of our society. Being married by a certain age or having a specific number of children, the most fancy car or cleanest house, does not matter. What people judge about your life doesn't matter. I promise you right now, they do not matter. I like fancy cars and nice clothes and a clean house, but they're not the definition of who I am. My relationship status does not define me. The place I live does not increase or decrease my value. It doesn't matter where the clothes I wear come from. The absolute truth and belief that matters in life is you. There is not a scale of better if you are married, single, or divorced. Where you were born, where you live now, or where you grew up is not as significant as it may seem. The relationship you have with yourself is the absolute most important relationship you will ever have. The thoughts you allow in your mind about who you are and how you look are the most empowering or the most debilitating. You choose which set of thoughts you allow to control you. Any negative self-talk will deplete your spirit and the amount of joy you have in your life. I love those words because it's so much in line with what I talk about, about the stories we tell ourselves and whether they were in power or stop us. So on with your book. It says, you need to be you. You need to be your highest, noblest, best self and no one else. The most authentic real version of you, you are willing to outshine outlast, and overcome any demon, trial, or obstacle you will face. No one on this planet or in any part of the universe can be you. You are absolutely the only one. Do it, be it, live your life well, and without apology, every second of every minute of every hour of every single day of your life. Thank you, Laura Ann. In parting, do you have any closing thoughts about this or things you would like the listeners to
1: know? I just want people to know how important they are and how needed they are in this world. Each one of us is divinely positioned where we need to be at this time, at this place. And you're needed. We're all needed here. And we all have value. and We all have purpose. And so I just want to say to all of the listeners, you are loved and you are needed in this world. Thank you. I have an insight, which
0: I can't remember if I've shared it on the podcast yet, but it was it was something along my path that I learned the other day. So I'll see if I can explain it. But I was at a retreat the other day, the other week, last month. <laughs> and <laughs> Sometime. And the, <laughs> the takeaway, and I'd never had this takeaway before, which is amazing considering, you know, all the workshops I go to and all the all of the thought process that are constantly involved in this whole process of self-evaluation and ongoing learning was there are certain things that I have always thought or told myself that have are weaknesses, right? I've gotten enough bad response from people in the world that, you know, will take my pushiness or my tactlessness, you know, that strength that comes out of me that it really has been difficult for some people, not everybody, just, you know, there are people along my 40-year path that I get negative feedback. So in my own mind, I have created this space of that's something negative about me. Mm. Well, my friends who don't have that quality... I have a number of them who love and worship that about me. I, I wish I could be as confident and as forward and, you know, undaunted as you are. I wish, I wish, I wish. So they see it as this great big strength, right? But I have it imprinted in my mind that it's not. Well, at this workshop, there was this insight of every single one of us are exactly who we need to be to do exactly what we need to do. Yes. And that means the whole bundle, the, yes. all of the things that you might see as weaknesses or that you have titled as weaknesses and strengths, whatever it is, those are all part of who you need to be, not necessarily, oh, I got to get rid of that and I got to get rid of that. Mm-hmm. You're in the right place right now for doing what you need to do. And you are the type of person that you need to be to do what God needs you to do or what you need to do, what you need to do to fulfill just your mission, your your life, your destiny. And that was fascinating to me because when I look at some of those strong points of my personality and see them as weaknesses, then it's like, oh, I've got to soften up. I've got to do this. When I look at it though and shift it to, I have to be this tough person to do whatever it is I'm going to do. And I don't know all the things I'm going to do, but I need to be confident and I need to be forward pushing and I need to be exactly who I am to do what I need to do. And that's okay. And if there's people who that doesn't work with, and there always will be people we're not, we're not for everybody. You know, everybody's not for everybody. Yeah, Everybody's got their own tribe. That's okay. That's okay. But I get to accept myself fully all of the things and change that perception of this is a weakness to this is actually who i need to be to accomplish what i need to do and that makes it pretty awesome it makes it very awesome i can love that i don't need to feel like i'm broken
1: yes and i well as you're sitting here saying this i'm thinking the same things because i know we all have felt that i know the majority of the population of the world has felt that Oh, somebody made this comment about me being bold or someone made this comment about me being, and then we do internalize that as a weakness and it's not necessarily a weakness. And I think that's when we need to become in tune And what I've learned to do. What's the source of this? Is this the source inside of me that's good? Or is this a source of maybe bad or evil that's trying to get me to doubt myself? Because we are all warriors and we're here and we have missions. And like you said earlier in the podcast, we all have light. Whether we choose to shine that light or not, we all have light. And I just sometimes think about what the world would be like if we were a little bit more accepting of people choosing to shine their light in the way they want to shine it. And for us to actually be good to people, for us to love and for us to nurture and for us to love ourselves and not how much better would the world be, you know?
0: Well, it would be fantastic. And I also just love that idea of the warrior that you brought up. We are warriors. I think we... Our warriors yes. and all of us to different degrees because we have different things that we're trying to do, right? But we're fighting battles in our own minds for our own self-worth and our own value and our own overcoming. And so most of the battle really is in our own heads, So stories that we're telling ourselves. That's why it's so important to talk about it and to have these okay. discussions because our power is coming from, like we mentioned earlier, whether we're telling ourselves and allowing those positive stories and are they coming from a place of building and love and goodness and support of myself as well as other people or are they creating darkness and fear and self-doubt, right? So this is higher level stuff where you are actively aware of this and constantly monitoring and sifting out, right? I mean, this is the work and this is the work of warriors and it's, so I really like the warrior word because it struck a chord with me specifically about what I was sharing. I feel like my strength and my I don't know what else to call it besides strength I'm not sure what the adjectives are but that aggressiveness that it, it's
1: very warrior like it it is yeah you know I would say determined and also um what is the word <laughs> now I'm losing the adjective <laughs> you know what you're trying to accomplish you are a person who has purpose and you're working on that and sometimes people see that as geez you know of look at this independent woman and sometimes women are meant to be more soft and you know docile and to not be that way but you are a warrior you are bringing light to the world through this podcast it's called love your story because you want to elevate the level of consciousness in society, to a place of love. And in my book, in the very end of it, one of the last chapters, I talk about how I found my power, my power source in my life is my own light. Mm. And when I talk about looking into your own eyes, when you look into your own eyes and you try to see the light that's in there, it will fill your whole soul and that becomes your power.
0: That's actually the subtitle of your book. Your own light is your power. Yeah. Love I that. mean yeah. Well, and there are so many ways that we are warriors, so within our own minds, but also with our purposes. That that idea of warrior is important, but it's also important to accept that you are the warrior you need to be, what, yeah. whatever that is. And and embracing all those parts of you just as they are is right is allowing you I don't know, at least for me it allowed me to shift things from looking at them looking at some of these qualities in a negative line, instead seeing them as a, yeah, this is actually who I get to be to do what I need to do. And that's really important that I am that way, not something I need to change.
1: Right. And that's beautiful. And I wish so many more of us would get to that point. And that's kind of the whole message of my book is we kind of live in this... Hamster wheel society, where we just do the same thing over and over again. We're not really happy, but we don't know how to change it, and we just kind of feel like it's what life is and humdrum and da 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 da. And it doesn't have to be that way. So, if people want to get your book, where do they get it? They can buy it on Amazon, Amazon.com. Um, it's also available on Kindle. Yeah. Those are the best places to get it. I have a few copies, but most people probably don't know where I am. (laughs) I'll give you Laura (laughs)
0: Ann's personal phone
1: number. (laughs) Call me up. Amazon and Kindle. You can search my name or just everything. I'll put a
0: link. I'll put a link to the book Connection on Amazon every single day by Laura Ann Turner. And the link will be in the show notes on the Love Your Story website. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Lori, for having me. It was a delight and I just appreciate you so much.
0: Every single day, we create the next page in our story. Every single day, we choose how to live and what thoughts to let dominate our minds. Every single day, we create or destroy. We hide or we throw the doors open and live boldly. Every single day, we have choice. What does your day look and feel like? What changes might you need to make to enjoy the journey? every single day thanks for tuning in today to the love your story podcast don't forget you can go to the website www.loveyourstorypodcast.com to get access to all the past episodes to buy t-shirts to sign up for the 21 life connection challenges or to start the five steps to reframing a past story course if you have a past story that's holding you back I hope that you will use all the tools and share the podcast with people you think would find value in it. Thank you, and we will see you next week.